In one of my last coded trades, I experimented a bit with the format and tried to make it progressive without deleting the code. That was an experiment. I will tell you how it went later in this episode. Hi, my name is Peter Kofler. I am the Code Cop. Obviously, I am fanatic about clean code and for many years I tried hard to develop quality software. Eventually, I had to change my motto to developing quality software developers. In this podcast, I will answer questions about facilitation, hosting, and participation of coded reads or any kind of hands-on session in general. If you have any questions regarding your coded read, please send me an email or leave a comment. First, some technical details. The feed for this podcast has changed, so if you subscribe before... 27th of August, you need to delete your subscription and resubscribe on the new link. I'm running coded trades quite regularly with one of my clients, and to keep people happy and avoid boredom, I try to let them choose the mode of the next coded trade. So far, one of the recent coded trades, the choice was kind of like product development, so progressive sessions, maybe not deleting the code. So that's interesting choice. Immediately things like a hackathon come to mind. I don't like hackathons too much because they're not following the coding dojo mindset. Also Lean Poker could be an option to do that. Now Lean Poker needs some server infrastructure. I need to look into that. Two other options I found uh, were like uh, just do a regular code treat and look at different areas of some larger domain. Like I have uh, participated in such a code retreat in the past. Uh, Sebastian was facilitating code retreat and we created a Pac-Man. And we were doing different things in each session. So there was no point in deleting the code because we didn't reuse the code. So it was kind of cheating. right? So we were creating different parts of the game. Another option would be to have a requirements change in each session. So option one, like the the Pac-Man example, means that the requirements are completely independent of each other, while the second option means that each requirement is hitting the core of the previous one and we keep changing everything all the time. I was discussing this idea with several other facilitators on the Softwarecrafters Slack channel. And Adi said, if you're not deleting the code, it's not a code treat. Okay, that's true. But still, let's check uh, this idea against other code treat principles. So will we do pair programming? Yes, definitely we can. It's not a problem. Will it be fun? Yes, uh, it will be fun, especially if we work on a game. Which is always fun working on a game. So I don't see how this uh, should be uh, less fun. Can we force people to go slow. So usually that's a problem because uh, people want to finish and if we need some finished piece of software in order to change it in the next session, people might rush and uh, forget uh, to write their tests or like uh, take shortcuts and we don't want that in a code treat, right? Remember the coding dojo mindset? We want to do it perfectly to stretch ourselves, so no rushing. So it might be very important to choose a very small assignment, base assignment that we keep changing so uh, we do not have to rush 
or maybe we are giving more time, like two sessions, to, f to write the code actually that we want to change. Is it based on code and will we look for clean code? Sure we will. Uh, it's, uh, we are writing code, so we'll also care that it's clean code. We'll use test-driven development and all the extreme programming principles. Will it be okay with pairing and uh, switching pairs? So that's uh, maybe a hard one. So while we want to have requirements that hit the core all the time, like that keep changing the same piece of code, we might still want requirements that are not uh, building on each other. So we can uh, like skip a session, and work with someone else and then come back to uh, the code. So that's problems when you keep the code around. It has to support the next session, basically. Yes, so it has to support the next session. For the choice of requirements, I settled on Matteo Vaccari's open close principle kata, which I will explain in a minute. So, uh, Matteo Vaccari, I hope I pronounced him correctly, or XP Matteo, presented it as a workshop uh, at XP Days 2010. And it's based on the bowling game. So, the bowling game is a, a well known kata by Uncle Bob. It's pretty small, which is good because we might be able to implement it in one or two sessions so we can change it later. Then, Matteo has some interesting requirement changes. Uh, he offers three requirement changes in his original material, like there is a Martian bowling that has 12 frames and three balls per frame, so it's doing some changes to the, to the frames. There is a Venusian bowling uh, where the number of pins is variable, and there is a Callisto variant that as long as the last roll is 10, you may keep rolling. So these are all going in the core of the bowling game. So that's uh, exactly what we were looking for. And in addition, it's focusing on open-close principle. It's, uh, it's called the OCP Kata or the OCP Dojo. So it's focusing on design. Right? So what's the open-close principle? It means software entities uh, should be open for extension but closed for modification. Okay, that was the definition from Wikipedia. But what does that mean? It means that we should try to change the code by only changing construction code and creating no classes. So that is an additional constraint for the uh, sessions, for the requirement changes, which you can uh, put on more uh, experienced participants, for example. So it's a really interesting problem, and as facilitator, I recommend that you run through it uh, at least once by yourself, even if you know the bowling uh, game well the change of requirements and uh, what is happening uh, what is happening to the code it's quite interesting so i really recommend doing it it's not just the kata but it's also the progress uh, and the sessions right here's an outline of the day structure and the actual sessions we did so we started with a pen and paper session to understand the rules and uh, so people are not allowed to do any coding, they just have to analyze the game, maybe play the game on paper, regular pen and paper constraint. We gave some additional questions so they would think about uh, which constructs would uh, help changing it later and which constructs in their design would block changes later. 
In the first session as facilitators, we were focusing on, uh, on pairing and that people would actually have a discussion and do some drawings, which is not that easy in a remote setup. In session two, and the plan was uh, to start creating it based on the knowledge and the requirements uh, the participants analyzed in session one. So we paid attention that the uh, uh, languages used were kind of evenly distributed because we would need to build on this code later. So we would not have any Haskell code here if that's not used later, but looked uh, that we would have like all major languages uh, basically distributed. And the constraint was uh, TDD with test lists or a regular constraint, just code the uh, bowling carter. And the goal would be to have a working code base for the whole day. As facilitators, we were mainly looking at TDD aspects. And at the end of the session, we had to check how far people were. And then uh, we had made it an option to use session 3 for that and we actually had to use session 3 to continue coding the code so people would have at least a reasonable piece of the bowling game. Then there was lunch break and in the afternoon uh, we started uh, the session with a short explanation how open-close principle works, what it means and what it means for the code so that they should uh, work with uh, construction code and only make changes by adding new classes or at least trying to do so. And then we had three sessions with the actual change requests. Fourth session was uh, with the changes uh, by the, for the Martian bowling and then we were looking uh, for duplication and if cascades so because that's what we did not want to see in the code. Right? Fifth session was the Venusian bowling and the last session was the Callisto variant. This is a different order than in the original uh, OCP dojo because it, for me the Callisto seemed to be uh, the hardest one, the hardest change. So I put that in the end so we also have a progressive sessions that are getting harder. These progressive sessions coded rate worked really nice, it was a really nice day. Basically, it was a design coded read with focus on open close principle. The choice of the bowling carta was a really good choice, and also the, the little requirement changes worked really well. So, it was small, uh, not that many moving parts, less uncertainty on our parts. So, that was good. Some people really liked it uh, and they liked to keep uh, the code around, and then some other people complained uh, that uh, getting code from someone else is not nice. Yeah, so you can never do it right for everybody. But in general, everything worked out really well and this experiment was a success. That is all for this episode. I'm Peter Kofler and I wish you luck with your next code retreat or hands-on workshop. If you have any questions regarding your code retreat, please send me an email or leave a comment. I'm looking forward to hear from you how your event went. Code retreats are awesome. Let's have more of them.